0: This is Neve Bushnell from Tech Ireland and I am here today with one of my favourite people, certainly my favourite person in Cork in innovation, DC Calman. Hey DC, how are you? for you thanks a million for being here today now people on the podcast cannot see this but we are in a studio a radio studio that is so fancy down here in Cork DC seriously you should think about a second career in you know on the radio and on we, the TV we,
1: we, we have all been since we put in the the radio studio here in Republic of Work. We have all been secretly living out our <laughs> fantasies. I'm sure there's been a few bit of singing gone on in here as well. You
0: know, <laughs> sounds like you were involved in that singing. But we'll yes. we'll go back to that. We'll go back to that. tell us, give us your background um, briefly. I mean, God, you've been you you've been when I came back to the to Ireland from the States four years ago, you were one of the first people I came to for help and advice, and uh, you've been doing it ever since. So you're the man uh, here in Cork. Tell us all about. Uh, Republic of Work and, and your work here.
1: So, yeah, I mean, look, sure, we as we met many, many years ago, um, like my, my background, I guess, before Republic of Work was in startups. So I was the first employee and chief marketing officer in Pat Phelan's Trustiff. That was my intro to the wonderful world of startups, where, you know, ended up getting dragged around the globe, you know, keeping Pat sane. Um, <laughs> then after that, I went to work with, with uh, like, the, the guys who need no introduction in Cork anyway, Peter and Dan and Teamwork.com um and, and the incredible company that that those guys have built there. Um and I guess all all the time that this was going on, you know, it was great to be working for Cork companies that were doing great things internationally. But I guess the, I always felt that, you know, we were suffering a little bit uh ecosystem wise in terms of we we didn't have any kind of hub or space um that stuff could build around. So I left Teamwork.com in uh, mid-2016, I think, um, and started the process of, of building Republic of Work. So we're a, tw- a 25,000 square foot innovation campus, like right on the main street in Cork. So across the four floors we have here, we've got a co-working space, a business lounge, uh, you know, a load of desk spaces, private offices, an innovation suite, an event suite. And now a shiny radio studio.
0: Absolutely. I think you've started a trend because co-working has become, like in 2018, co-working has become a big deal in Cork, right? I mean, first of all, there was Republic of Work and everybody was here. And now you're sharing the love across a couple yeah, of them.
1: It, it's, do you know what? I mean, it's, it's like a lot of things in Ireland, you know. So Somebody has to make the first move, you know. The, <laughs> the risky person makes the first move. But, like, we've been very lucky in Cork. I mean, I mean we started... We were actually... There was a great um, smaller space called Plus Ten here before we opened. I think Plus Ten was probably one of Ireland's first co-working spaces. So then there was Plus Ten. Then there was ourselves. Then the city opened a small space in City Hall called Cowork Cork. Uh, We had, uh, then there was a a space open down in the marina called Culture Coworking. We've always had uh, like two big Regis offices here who are very, like for Regis's, they're very community driven. And then the great news then was last week, uh, they they arrived in kind of November, but they had their launch in the last few weeks, was the guys from Glandor. So it's nice to see, I guess, something that, you know, started in Dublin and they have those great spaces in Dublin and then they started a space in Belfast and they've come and they're just kind of down the road from us here. But like, again, what's great is there's a lot of collaboration and cooperation between the whole spaces, because as you said, it's kind of a... The idea of co-working is a new concept for Cork that we kind of all collectively have to sell, you know, so therefore, you know, there's there's no ruthlessness, really. There's a there's friendly. What do they call it? Co-opetition, you know, but uh, we're not all trying to kill each other by any standards yet, yet, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: That that that's great, and I want to talk more when we talk about the ecosystem, about all of that, and Cork and the twenty forty government plan for Cork and all of that, because there's so much going on here, and it's really there's, a, there's as you say like a city rising vibe going on in Cork. But let's start with the headline companies from Cork for 2018. So, as you know, the headline companies for each county that we uh, feature in each city we feature in the book is companies who've done big things in 2018. And actually, what I love is that two of the companies that you're mentioning were founded in 2018. Yeah, like <laughs> so,
1: 2018 was, was, was a strong year in Cork. Um, I think there was just something that was, there, you know what, there was, we'll put it the other way. If you look at 2016 and 2017 there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there was a lot of uh, busy work being done but there was something about 2018 as a year um as you've mentioned that that really kind of i guess um it took the it kind of took the boxing gloves off and kind of there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff came to light there was a new energy in Cork around you know everything from new multinational companies and i think it gave it gave a lot of the startup community confidence to kind of go out so i mean you know there was there was a lot of really good startups that were kind of working behind the scenes that i guess went public if if you want to put it that way um so like a couple of the ones that 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 we've been talking about here um you know the guys in work vivo uh i joe lennon who's one of the co-founders there i know joe a long long time joe's been a very active member of the startup community he was always the guy you went to to build prototypes for your startup so it's brilliant now to see him come out with his own startup and like the guys i think have have you know they've really come out of the 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 traps running they have customers in multiple countries yeah 23
0: countries yeah
1: across like all different scales and all different industries and stuff and um, it's a beautiful looking product as well which is great you know that it, it kind of it came out almost fully formed i'm sure the lads would tell you there's a load of work to be done on it yet but just from that point of view i think they've um i think they're going to have a really good 2019 as well you know i think they've they've come really strong out of the gates um and i just i just i, I have a really good feeling about how they're going to how they're going to get on in the next couple of years
0: Who's the other company that founded in twenty eighteen? I think it's Get, Vis- Get Visibility. Visibility. Yeah. Tell us so about that. Get them.
1: Visibility is it's it's a kind of a spin off company really, in that um there's a very, very strong cybersecurity cluster here in Cork, which I know we'll talk about later. Um one of the strongest, I guess, native members of that is a company called SmartTech twenty four seven. They would be, you know, they've been been around a long time, but they've really ridden the the cybersecurity wave to the top. So the CEO there, Ronan Murphy, you'd often hear Ronan like on RT Radio 1 and news Mm. talk, you know, talking about stuff. And they are a company of serious caliber. They recently won the IBM Beacon Award for um, which they got in, in. They went to San Francisco to get. And that's like IBM's top award for partners worldwide. They were one of the, they were, I think, the first company in the world to use IBM's Watson AI technology for cybersecurity. Wow. Um, and the same people who I guess who were involved in that company, um, you know, went away and kind of re- built a, a completely separate company called Get Visibility. And what Get Visibility does is, you know, if you imagine in a large company like I know they work with people like Kerry and the Royal College of Surgeons and stuff huge companies, massive amounts of data, you know, employees with Dropbox accounts and employees with Google Drive accounts and Microsoft accounts over here and their laptops here and their desktops here and their phones here. Like in a world where, you know, now with GDPR and stuff like that, you have to track all this data and you have to make sure it's all in the right place and stuff like that. Like, how do you do it? Mm. And I, I think I think the insights maybe that the, the team got as a service provider made them realize hey you know there's actually nothing on the market that will will help us kind of almost map all this so what get visibility does is it gives you visibility on where data is in your network where it's being stored how it's being accessed um and like without a basic tool like that you know it's impossible for a large organization to maintain a lot of their regulatory stuff and their data compliance and stuff but they've had such an incredible year you mm. know as a product that kind of just came out of it probably they probably only started selling in probably Q4 last year but they've already identified all these big cus big customers they've already identified like a US base um I'm not quite sure exactly how many people are there but I I I get a sense that they're up kind of 15 16 Heading north, towards yeah. 20 people. Who
0: else of your 10 would you call out? Um, you know, what other stories? Actually, I see Remote mm. Signals is one of them, and they were one of the headline companies last year, for course. So they're getting a, they're getting a, a, a second turn yeah. at it, but they deserve it. I they mean, do,
1: they do deserve it. They built, they built an incredible company, and um, the the three founders of the company are all, uh, they're all veterans of uh, another Corkman Liam Casey's PCH. Here, so they all worked for ten odd years. Uh, I think they were like finance, the CTO, and then the, the guy I know the best, Joe Parrott, who's a member here for Public Work. Joe uh, ran kind of Highway One and all the startup programs and all that. The accelerator. So he's a, definitely mm-hmm. a kind of po- poacher turned gamekeeper, is not? What they, <laughs> or this game gamekeeper turned poacher, probably. Um, but like they've had an incredible year because, like, you know, last year they would have been kind of building out the technology. Um, whereas this year, I guess it's been very much about the commercial side of things. So the guys in yeah. Remote Signals have basically built, they're, they're a hardware company. Well, they're hardware slash software company. So, um, you know, every, we all talk about the internet of things um, and the, you know everything these days is about sensors, you know, from Fitbits to this, to sensors on our fridges and all this sort of stuff. So what the guys have built is essentially an entire platform, N10 platform where, they can take a small uh, sensor unit that's kind of, you know, about the size of, say, something like a cigarette packet um, that essentially, you know, has a battery in it that will last, you know, a year or more and that will be permanently connected. They've gone and they've done, you know, global deals. So essentially that sensor can be permanently connected to the Internet no matter where it's located. Um And then normally what happens apparently in the industry is that normally, you know, you'd have one company build the hardware and another company build the software and another company. Whereas what the guys have done is they've done the whole thing. Hmm. So like examples of the sort of stuff that the guys have done over the last 12 months is, you know, they've put a temperature sensor into every county in Ireland so that like the, the Tagusk and the farming organizations can tell you what the ground temperature in any county in Ireland is on any particular day they've worked I know with Irish Rail putting sensors on like all the game all the the crossings and stuff like that so that you know somebody in Houston station can press a button or can go onto their app and they can see yes every gate is closed or every or these gates are open we need to send somebody to do it.
0: Did you tell me that they won a prize at the ploughing championships? So they they have they,
1: been recognized in a few different ways. I mean I know they they were uh, Joe and, and the guys were they were runners up I think last year in the Ireland's best young entrepreneur competition. It's great if you're under thirty-five, you can win all these sort of things. <laughs> and they won they won the most innovative most I can't remember the name of I think it was the most innovative technology at the ploughing championships, which,
0: like, which is huge. A, that's
1: a hard audience to beat like but you yeah. can see, you know, I think where the guys have, have have really nailed our market is they've taken quite a sexy technology you know, and, and all the big companies worldwide are looking for the sexy applications in Fitbits and all this sort of stuff. And the guys have taken quite an industrial approach to it because, you know, there's a lot of, like, I know for a fact they were they were talking to me recently. They were doing a project with one of the big tractor manufacturers. And the idea is, you know, you put the sensors in and it tracks everything that's going on. So now instead of, say, making, uh, you know, the warranty for a tractor, a kind of a two-year warranty, They can make the warranty an X hundred mile warranty or Mm. until such a a thing happens. So like by, you know, I think that's where it's that industrial Internet of Things thing, I think, is where the guys are going to win out.
0: All of those stories that you just told, you know, if somebody who doesn't know what IoT Internet of Things means, all of those stories are perfect encapsulations of exactly what iot means right putting i mean it's not just sensors we know that but they're just great stories that people kind of go okay i get it a warranty from a a paper warranty that's based on time to a warranty that's based on data
1: isn't that really what like that's that's where as i was saying to somebody last week like that's where that's when technology really comes out you know we talk an awful lot about sexy startups you know and There's plenty of startups out there that yourself and myself would know about. And there's there's apps that you'd have on your phone and I'd have on my phone. But like, you know, you don't really break into the mainstream until it's the app that, say, your dad has on his phone or something like that. You know, when you look in Ireland and you see, you know, it's the companies like, say, My Taxi and Deliveroo and Just Eat, all these ones that break into the mainstream because, you know, it's not about necessarily the sexy use case anymore. It's about helping something with a really practical yep. example you know absolutely and I think the other the other company that we were talking about that kind of fits that example is 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 the guys in api protect um which is just an amazing company because like when i first heard about this company i was like they do what
0: because
1: <laughs> you know it's got, like when you hear the name you're thinking oh is it like security or something like that and it's like no they're in like what can only be described as B-Tech. Yes, you know, they are is, B,
0: as in B-E-E. As in B-E-E-Tech, Tech, you know? Yeah. Which is... Dr. Um, Fiona Edwards-Murphy.
1: Amazing, amazing person who has built, like... I guess the, the best thing about what Fiona's done is she's built this incredible team. Like, there's these incredible bunch of passionate people who kind of, like, you know what? They don't really care about, like... You know, I, I, I'm sure occasionally people kind of look at them and go, you know, B-Tech. But like, <laughs> they've built an incredible team with, with incredible talent, both kind of from, you know, a strong university and research background. And then also, you know, on the other side of it, you know, um, and like what they're doing is, I mean, you know, we, we all, we all, there's a, I think there's a lot of awareness of, you know, the environmental challenges that are coming and that you know that there is a whole pile of opportunity in that and i think that's what they've nailed so well is that they've they got in at this exact right time where you know the technologies they're building and the platform they're building are designed essentially to kind of you know this this dwindling resource that we have in terms of bees that that will have a dramatic effect when it's gone you know they've they've managed to kind of go in and kind of nail it i think ireland has kind of realized that we not we might not be the best in the world for building kind of you know b2c apps or something like that you know we're, we're probably not going to build the next you know spotify or something like that but what we're very good at we're very good at building solutions for businesses we're very good at building solutions for enterprises and i think we're really good at kind of commercializing you know, academic research into, you know, a practical application of it.
0: Absolutely. And just a a funny, quick story before we move on about Fiona. So we interviewed Fiona as part of the um, Female Founder Fridays uh, series for uh, for Tech Ireland and, you know, video interviews. So we had a camera guy with one static camera and then he was moving with the other camera between myself and Fiona, as he did with all of the interviews. But the problem so engaged with Fiona and talking about bees that the interview ran over by about 30 minutes and at the end of it, when we finally did finish, Adrian, the cameraman was saying to me, God, Nev, I thought you'd never stop talking about bees. My back is killing me. (laughs) But, you know, she is so passionate. She is so knowledgeable and they're doing something, like you say, that has real environmental impact and they're not trying to boil the ocean, right? They're saying, look, we have a platform that will help beekeepers to know the health of their of their hives, bang, and we will go from there. But uh, it is it's the kind of thing you know you can talk about for hours on end. Oh. So we better we better move on. Um, so great companies in Cork. I mean, on Tech Ireland, we're tracking two hundred uh, startups in Cork building product here. Talk to me about the environment for those companies in Cork. Like, what is going on here? The good, the bad, the indifference. Tell it. Tell. Give us a sense of Cork overall. I think.
1: Um... I mentioned it there kind of almost a little bit earlier. Like, the, the the thing was here in Cork for a long time, a long time, the, you know, we used to always say the great, like, when I look at, say, back to trust and teamwork, you know, four or five years ago, the great thing was, we used to always say about Cork, was it was a great place to build stuff because kind of there were very few distractions, right? Because, you know, uh, as great an ecosystem as Dublin is, like, there's so much going on that, like, you know sometimes you're kind of going well if i actually went to all the events that i was invited to go to you know we'd get no work done so you know it was great. cork was this kind of um this kind of sleeping giant to a certain degree yep um whereas i think 2018 was the year that kind of uh, cork woke up to a certain degree and there was a few kind of key reasons for that um, probably the two most relevant ones was was the the government's Ireland 2040 plan that came out recognized that cork would be the the fastest growing region in ireland over the next 20 years so like there's a whole pile of local politics around that but for instance you know uh we also that the in cork we've got cork county and we've got cork city so essentially like since since the last few weeks here now essentially the city has actually doubled in size okay. so the population of cork has technically doubled so, I mean, you know we've added all the kind of main suburbs of Cork, even things like the airport, which would have all been technically County Cork, are now all city Cork again, great, and that's it like more than say the the actual um i guess implications of that from a practical point of view, it's really given this kind of new attitude to cork you mm. know and and you you walk around the city and you see these huge billboards and huge sign for a city rising. And that's genuinely, I think, how it feels to a lot of people. So it's brought a huge sense of optimism. Um, you know, like, like just like in Dublin, the cranes are back. Yeah. There's a huge amount of office space under development where, you know, there's a lot of um, kind of m- new multinationals and stuff coming in to add to, say, the, the great companies. That are, you know, we, we have had amazing companies here like Dell EMC and Amazon and Eventbrite and all these. And then, as, as we said, the the, the giant up on the hill, you know, pe- people tend to forget that, you know, two years after Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak started Apple in a garage in, in Cupertino, two years later, they had an office here in Cork. So Apple are here, I think, 38 years at this stage. Yeah, crazy. Um, and, you know, it's the only Apple-owned manufacturing plant in the world. It's the one of the only places in the world where Apple actually employs engineers. You know, if you talk to the guys here in Apple, they'll tell you, you know marketing design all that kind of sexy Ponzi stuff that's what happens in <laughs> cupertino and like you know if there's a problem with a phone in in china you know it's an engineer from cork who goes to fix it great um so we have that great you know i think that we've a new, we've almost kind of you know we've a new bunch of multinational companies coming into the city it was good for attention and, and for everything else um, we've had an awful lot of like the two universities are are well our university and our technical college here um, there's a new sense of life in them, UCC have, um, University a, College Cork University College Cork under uh, I keep calling him the new president, I think he's in the job two years now so we'll just call him the president from <laughs> now on. Uh, Paul Patrick O'Shea has come from I think the University of Maryland I think where they had the highest rate of commercialization of research of anywhere in the world and he's brought a real sense of bringing University College Cork back into the community. So they've opened their new uh, centre for executive learning um, and the Irish Management Institute that UCC owns right here in the heart of the city. Last week, they announced they're building their new business school for about four and a half thousand students right at the back of Republic of Work here. Great. So they have this real, UCC have embarked on this real policy of coming off their campus and back into the community, um CIT Cork Institute of Technology last week officially applied for they have partnered with I think it's um Tralee Institute of Technology I think to form the Munster Technological University so we'll have will be a two super. university town super um, and again they've cre- you know there's an awful lot of activity from them coming into the te- coming into the city
0: um, what about the cybersecurity cluster is it is there really a cybersecurity really cluster I mean, tell that, us about that
1: you look at a place the size of cork and you kind of think but like we we've, we've got probably probably seven or eight of the world's top 10 security companies have their substantial european presence here in cork yeah. so companies like McAfee Intel Security FireEye Malwarebytes Trend Micro Silence Keeper security just up the road here from us um and it's a bit like it's a bit like when people talk about you know the pharmaceutical industry in ireland you know you kind of you you, you know you almost don't believe that you know there's plenty of famous things where a hundred percent of them are manufactured here in ireland you know. Yeah. um but the cybersecurity cluster is is a big one for a cork because it's you know a lot of the companies started off with kind of Cork as like a sales base or, or, you know, sales and support and stuff. Whereas like, you know, companies like Trend Micro now who have been here for years, you know, they've developed, though they've come here and set up these kind of sales and support bases. And now they've gotten into product development and stuff. And because there's now this cluster of them all, it means that you're seeing the universities tying into it. And they're running now like master programs in cybersecurity and, you know, you're now seeing kind of talent move to Cork for the purposes of cybersecurity mm-hmm. and stuff. So I mean it's it's a real it's a real thing and it's a real I mean like anything where you get I think what what what's great about Cork here with the cybersecurity cluster is there's still an awful like there isn't again as much rootless competition as you'd expect. There's a lot of cooperation between them. Um,
0: <clears throat> yeah,
1: I sit on the board of IT at Cork here in Cork um and obviously all the cybersecurity companies would be members of 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 at cork and you know they work very closely together on talent forums and you know how do we attract more talent to come to cork that we can kind of almost all collectively work on Mm -hmm. and again like you know what courses what talent sets do we need the universities to be pouring out Mm -hmm. so i mean there's a very strong like there's a very strong impact there if you look at it overall that's the thing about cork at the moment there's it's on it's definitely on a rising wave at the moment and it's kind of keeping a lot of positivity going i mean right here in the heart of cork city um you know we've seen years ago i used to use when everybody asked me about cork I used a term called the digital donut to explain cork which was you know all of our technology companies were all on the outskirts and then the city centre was like, it was like a donut. It was hollowed out because it was just retail. There was nothing else. Right. Whereas actually now it's almost the entire opposite has happened. And now you're seeing all the technology companies base themselves smack bang in the city centre. I think it kicked off when Tycho Johnson Controls set up one Albert Key here. This huge, fantastic office building on the keys. That was kind of a sign that said you can actually have it a business with several hundred employees and put them in here in the heart of the city. And now you've got like Eventbrite, Engine X, as I said, Keeper Security, um, you know, we have a bunch of them here. Like we have companies here in Republic of Work, uh, like one of our big tenants, Digisoft, they were in Airport Business Park. Yeah. And the challenge for them was like, you know, they were hiring a young dynamic workforce that really didn't want to be getting on a bus and traveling out to the airport every day. So they literally lifted and shifted their operation, moved right back in here into the heart of the city. And i think you're going to see more of that like you see all the office developments going up i think the city core now is where the technology industry will happen and it's where where the startups will happen as well um and the great thing about all that is it's like any any city when stuff is happening in the city center it's new it's newsworthy and it's it's noticed whereas like you know when stuff is happening out around the fringes you know, yeah, it's too diluted, right? The media, the the general public, the the kind of politicians. They kind of miss what's going on, whereas you can't you can't miss the energy in the city centre here in Cork anymore.
0: What are the calls to action? I guess if you were to look like global trends to Cork, what can Cork pick up and run with? What is the what's the trick that Cork is missing? Like, what are the couple of things that you'd love to see happen here? I mean, you've talked about multinationals, yeah. you know, their engagement maybe in the ecosystem, um, you know, kinds.
1: A, a few kind of key ones. Um, last year, the city here announced or they launched. Um, an initiative called we are cork kind of almost like basically a a brand for the city Um, and the the goal really is you know to kind of make cork a more visible place to attract talent um, and you know it's building on the work that like people like cork chamber have done for years in terms of uh, attracting more international attention to cork and i think that's probably one thing in that cork was um you know as a port city was there was always a lot of international stuff going on around the place but i think i think we need to spend a bit of time like cork businesses need to spend a bit of time looking at what's going on around them in the world um you know we're very we have a lot of challenges here in retail probably in particular um and you know i think a lot of these companies they need to to look outwards and see what's going on cork for a long time you know we were very insular about stuff, you know, the People's Republic of Cork and or the real capital <laughs> and all this stuff. All that is very true, yeah. but at the same time, you know, Cork can't stand still while the rest of the world is moving. Um, I think a lot of the multinationals that come to Cork, the challenge for years was they came to the outskirts, so they didn't engage much in say the local business community. I think that's starting to change, but I think it. it it, it, I think it will naturally change more as, you know, as a lot of these companies move away from, you know, being just maybe sales and support bases. You know, you're seeing an awful lot in the multinationals and the universities. And I think now we need to see a bit more interaction between the multinationals and maybe the, the, the local business community, because I think there's a lot... That they can learn from each other.
0: Yeah, I think um, that is interesting, actually. Just to kind of r- r- underline that, okay. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Because when multinationals initially came into Ireland, anywhere yeah. in Ireland, it was kind of back office, middle office, sales, customer support, all of that. But as they get more into kind of like engineering and design, and yeah. there, there is, there, there, they're becoming more plugged in. There is
1: because the the opportunities there, you know, I mean, if you're if you're if you've been running, say, a sales and support support base for a company um
0: you're looking out lot,
1: there's a lot of that that you kind of you kind of can run on your own you know you hire your staff and all that sort of stuff whereas like when you start getting into say product development like if you take probably the best example of that in in cork is the pharmaceutical industry when they were just manufacturing for almost the sake of manufacturing you know they had local suppliers and stuff delivering raw materials when the whole farm industry kind of switched from you know manufacturing drugs to kind of now biotechnology and growing drugs suddenly the pharmaceutical companies have to have a massive engagement with the universities with a different type of supplier and stuff and i think hopefully as we see the functions change you know if a company sets up an international finance thing suddenly you know they'll be deeper engaged in the local kind of finance ecosystem and stuff so i think you're going to see a lot of that happen in Cork. you know the other sorts of stuff that we have to look for i mean you know if you take it back to kind of a startup level um like one of the funny scenarios we have in cork here is that like startups are seen in cork as very much a young person's game Mm. and i think that's it's kind of like it's just a natural evolution of the fact that an awful lot of the startup activity in cork is um is connected to university college cork where they run like the Ignite program and the Sprint program and the Blackstone Launchpad. And when you go to, say, out to CIT, the Rubicon Center, who run mm-hmm. a lot of the Enterprise Ireland focus programs, um, they run Pink, the Female Entrepreneur Programme, they run New Frontiers. So there's a kind of a natural thing that,
0: mm, you know, the obviously, because
1: of where all that stuff is located, you get a kind of a younger group. Where, but like you know as somebody who i guess spends a lot of time in dublin and waterford and limerick and, and galway and other places like it's noticeably younger so i mean you hmm. know when we run a, an event for startups here in republic of work you know you don't see that many people over the age of 30 whereas you know if i go to um if i go to you know a first friday event or a first friday breakfast in dublin you'll see so many people who you know oh, I'm I'm on a sabbatical from Google or I'm on a sabbatical from Facebook or I was working for PayPal and I spotted an opportunity and I decided to leave and do it. So you'll see those people. And I guess the the reason that has such a dramatic effect in Cork then is, you know, when you're talking about the age difference, like you're also talking about an experience gap. So like somebody who has worked, you know, five to 10 years kind of in a real job and collected paychecks and all that sort of stuff when they go to form a startup you know they're they're thinking a lot about cash flow they're thinking a lot about survivability they're they're measuring a lot of stuff whereas you know a student who's kind of come from super noodles and is still in super noodles they just have there's more (laughs) energy in it and there's kind of almost maybe potentially better ideas in it but there's a different focus when it comes to the the commercials which you know essentially means the survivability of any startup so like what i would love to see in 2019 is kind of more opportunities for i guess you know what we call it what it is more diversity really around like we've been very lucky 2017 2018 really good years in cork for kind of female entrepreneurship um i think that the thing now is almost like without kind of advertising it as like entrepreneurship for older people but just that—that that people who are in their thirties and forties wouldn't kind of see startups as oh that's a young person's game. Yeah. That they would recognise that the resources that are out there um, are are available to them as well. The local enterprise board and enterprise Ireland and places like Republic of Work and Cork BIC and all that are just as happy, if not maybe slightly happier to see somebody with a few years on them in terms of things because I genuinely believe in terms of startup ideas, you know, a lot of the mainstream ones are gone and I think you're going to see a lot of niche stuff come, come to the fore. I think you're going to see an awful lot of 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 uh, female-led companies because I think, call a spade a spade, a lot of the good ideas in the male world are gone yep. because they've been at it for the last hundred years or so. So I think there's a huge amount of opportunity for you know female focused product female focused service and just not necessarily where females are the only customers but just where there's a female perspective on a problem yes. i think there's huge opportunity in that space Big and time. Like, as i said in cork here we'd love to be able to harness some of that
0: absolutely and and it, the environment <coughs> is here The supports are here, uh, 200 plus companies already here. So uh, let's see what happens in 2019. But it certainly started off well, right? Roll on 2019. (laughs) Roll on 2020. DC, thank you so much for doing this and for being the advisor for Innovation Nation 2019 for Cork. We really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of a series Tech Ireland has developed to accompany the launch of Innovation Nation 2019, our coffee table book and go-to guide to innovation in Ireland. To listen to other great discussions from this series about innovation-driven cities in Ireland and world-class companies here, go to the content section of techireland.org and select podcasts. You can also purchase a copy of the Innovation Nation book from our website under the heading 2019 in the main menu of techireland.org. Thank you.